our gospel tonight is from the fifth chapter of Mark's gospel. Verse 25. Now there was a woman who'd been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She'd heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? Jesus looked around to see who'd done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Most of us know what I mean when I refer to the world's oldest profession. <laughs> yeah. Not pastors. I'm not sure what the sociology is behind that understanding, but I've often suspected that not pastors, but healers, medicine man, sage, and doctor were a close second on the list of ancient occupations. The desire for healing from sickness, for comfort from pain, and for survival from dying is such a natural, instinctive, basic desire for all of God's creatures. So that humanity, no doubt, has turned to healers from the beginning of time for answers and for rescue and for hope. And as you know, we still regularly turn to medicine, whether it be a doctor or a nurse or a counselor or a pharmacist or a drug. All of those things for healing, for comfort, even for our very survival. Raise your hand if you do or if you have worked in a hospital, or a doctor's office, or a pharmacy, or a lab, or Eli Lilly. Raise your hand if you've been to a doctor's office anytime in the not-so-distant past. So without a whole lot of work or imagination, we can see where the woman in this gospel was coming from. If you need some help with that, consider the list of prayer concerns that we very deliberately included in tonight's bulletin. You won't find hemorrhaging for 12 years anywhere on there, 
but you will find pretty much everything else, it seems. Cancer, broken bones, Parkinson's disease, stroke, transplants, death, and more. Like the woman in tonight's gospel, we've either been there ourselves or we have loved or do love somebody who is or has been there too. Sick for years, I mean. Sick and tired of wrong answers, perhaps. Sick and fed up with expensive treatments that may or may not work. Sick and out of money, out of energy, out of patience, sick and sometimes out of time, even. You name it, and we need to be healed of it. You name it, and it's in our life, or in our family, or in our house, or in our body. You name it, and we want it gone. Or destroyed. Or healed. And the temptation is to read tonight's gospel and to pray for a miracle, and we have likely done that. The temptation is to search for a quick fix or a magic pill, and maybe we've tried that too. The temptation is to reach out and try to touch someone, or at least something, that will make the sickness and the illness and the disease leave. And that's why faith healers are a thing, right? They don't seem as prevalent or as popular as they used to be. They were a thing back in the 80s and 90s, right? All over TV. These men and women who feed on that temptation. And they're still around. On my way to Vegas a couple of weeks ago, I saw a church sign advertising a miraculous night of healing. Like there was a time and a place sometime in March and there was a party planned for when your healing would come. For the record, that church was not in Vegas. It was just off of I-74 in Indiana between here and Cincinnati. Anyway, while Jesus played doctor and miracle worker in some really wonderful ways as far as the Gospels tell it, Jesus never claimed to be an easy answer or a quick fix or a magic pill for anyone and everyone and all the things. Jesus was smart. And Jesus was sensitive enough to know that for every hemorrhage that stopped, for every demon that was quieted, for every crippled person who walked again, and for every blind man that regained his vision, there were plenty of others left bleeding screaming into the night, stumbling through their life in this world and lost in the dark. And it is no different for us still. For every tumor that shrinks, for every surgery that's successful, for every addiction that's under control, there are millions of others left to suffer and to hurt and literally dying too much of the time to be healed. 
So the answer for Jesus wasn't easy because it wasn't always or only about hocus pocus or magic of any kind. Otherwise, I think Jesus would have done more of it, healed everyone all the time of all the things and made a big show about it like some sort of televangelist would. No, the answer for Jesus and the answer for the bleeding woman tonight was about faith, really. In a way that this story hit me differently during this season of Lenten laments than it ever has before. See, I've been wondering if what healed the woman in tonight's gospel story, as much as whatever happened in her body, when she touched Jesus' cloak, I mean, I wonder if what healed her in some strange, holy way was that her utter desperation, her total vulnerability, her powerful lament that she was at the end of a rope, that she was out of options, that she was entirely at the mercy of whatever grace she could receive from God in Jesus at that moment, that that depth of humble faith is what healed not just her broken, bleeding body, but that's what healed her soul and her mind and her spirit, too. And there's hope in that for me. Because isn't that what we need as much as anything when we're like this woman, falling down, sick and suffering, fear and trembling, kind of scared and sick? When the pain and the suffering and the terror are so great, when we're sick or scared or angry as we've ever been, when we're in need of real healing or when we care for someone who is, we'll do anything to get it. Just like that woman. She fought the crowd. She broke the rules. She forgot about her pride and her safety. She didn't care about what all those people might have said about her. It was at her moment of greatest despair. It was her lament that brought her to Jesus. And it was her lament that found her healing there, too. And maybe that's where we'll find it. Some measure of healing ourselves, not just our bodies, but in our minds and in our souls and in our spirits, too. Maybe the cancer won't disappear or go away forever. Maybe the surgery won't fix everything. Maybe the addiction is going to be a constant, ever-present struggle. Maybe the cure won't come in time. And maybe our desperate lament can only be that that sucks. That the pain of it is unbearable. And that none of it is fair. That's true. So let's lament 
the illness, and the disease that plague us in so many ways in this life. And let's let God receive the full measure of our anger, our frustration, our fear and trembling, our desperation for that, because God can handle the full measure of our anger and our frustration and our fear and trembling. And let's make this lament because it really is an act of faith after all, like it was for that woman. Let's make this lament that we aren't in control of this, that we are humbled in the face of whatever afflicts us, but that we are more than our bodies and that God is more than all of it. Because as unfair as our illness and as our disease can be, it's also not fair that we are loved so deeply and that we have the chance to experience and to share that love with others. It's also not fair that we are forgiven so graciously in ways we don't deserve to be. It's also not fair that we've been given the gift of faith the gift of faith in and the gift of hope for something greater than what our physical bodies can always endure on this side of heaven. So let's pray mightily about whatever healing we long for and need here and now. And let's expect God to do something good, something miraculous even, with those prayers and with our deepest desires. But let's let our lament be honest, too, and mighty just the same. And let's allow that lament to inspire or lead to faith that we will be well, that we will be healed, that we will be whole, that we will be redeemed by God's grace on the other side of it all, come what may. Amen.